0: Sangram here, super excited. On March 4th, we launched Account-Based Marketing Foundations course on LinkedIn in partnership with LinkedIn. There are 19 videos, four minutes and under. So, literally, in an hour, you can be account-based marketing certified if you have a LinkedIn account. So, again, I don't need your email address or anything like that. You can literally go on LinkedIn. If you have a premium account, you can do it for free. If you don't have a premium account, then you can get a 30-day free subscription to that, and they will let you take the course. And then you can put that certificate on your LinkedIn saying that you are account-based marketing certified. So good luck. Check it out. It's only going to last for 30 days. So I'm going to have this snippet run for the next few weeks and then it will be gone. So if you want to take this course for free, check it out, go. And this is going to make and change the way you do marketing in your organization.
1: Obviously, this is a joint effort between marketing and sales. So As soon as we opened Rex, you know, formed the organization, started communicating it out internally, we've always called it account-based sales and marketing.
2: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and in these episodes, we focus on one of two things. We'll either be sharing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from a flip my funnel event or you'll hear sangram and someone from the terminus team discuss how they're getting better in a specific functional area of terminus's business and remember like sangram always says without a community you are simply a commodity here we go
0: Sangram here. Welcome to another episode of Tuesday Takeover Podcast. If you haven't listened to the first one, go back to the last Tuesday. Steve Ott, he is the ABM strategist at Quarry, is running this incredible series for complex organizations to help them do ABM. So Steve, welcome to the show again and tell us a little bit about the series and who are you going to interview today?
3: Thanks, Sangram. super excited to be here. You know, I'm so fortunate working at Quarry, which is a, a demand marketing agency that works with all kinds of great companies, helping to stand up really sophisticated ABM programs, almost exclusively in large, complex enterprises. And that gives us great visibility into a lot of people that are doing a lot of great things. So it's been my absolute pleasure in this four-part series to talk to practitioners. I talk to analysts, talk to agency leaders, and really try to pull together something that addresses what sophisticated, excellent ABM is and can be, especially in these really complicated environments. So today we're talking to Shelly Smith, and she's America's lead for account-based marketing at Autodesk. And Shelly's story is a fascinating one. Their newly appointed CEO announced on an earnings call that henceforth their go-to-market strategy was gonna be account-based. Whoa, Shelly was at the center of having to quickly scale up a team and actually make that real. And she and her colleagues have done a fantastic job of just do, of doing exactly that. So Shelly and I talked a lot about hiring for this, because three quarters of the people leading this are, are new hires, new to Autodesk. We talked about alignment across the organization. We talked about metrics and lots of other things.
0: I love that. And again, Autodesk is another big organization. People have known about this organization. And when a CEO says that account based marketing is important, it's no longer a trend. And I really want this to, to emphasize, Steve, is that I think people still, I hear that, well, ABM is a buzzword. And I, I really want people to listen to this episode and understand that, no, no, this has become a strategic priority for global organizations, and that's how they think about how they're going to win against their competition, how do you strategically align sales and marketing together. So can't wait to get into this. Let's go.
3: Hello, Flip My Funnel, and please join me in welcoming Shelly Smith, America's lead for account based marketing at Autodesk. Super excited to have you here with us today, Shelley.
0: Hi,
1: Steve. I'm excited to be here.
3: So, you have a fascinating role in a large and complex organization that's been doing some great account based marketing work. We're going to dig into a whole lot of different aspects about the journey that Autodesk has gone through, where you're at today where you're going tomorrow, and lots of other things. But I want to start with you. I was checking you out on LinkedIn, as one does, and I see that your career started in sales, and you were actually in sales and sales management for quite a while before you went uh, full-on into marketing. And and now, of course, you're in ABM, which is that beautiful blend of sales and marketing. I'm really intrigued by your background and sort of how you got to where you are today. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So all of my careers post-college have definitely been focused on the sales side. I was an account manager at a telecommunications company. I went to work for a very small software company where I was asked to go sell our services to Autodesk resellers. And then eventually Autodesk acquired that small software company and I came into Autodesk about 16 years ago in a sales role uh, responsible for selling one of our product lines. I also managed an inside sales team for a couple years, did some sales execution roles, some, some sales enablement roles, and then finally made my way into marketing. And it was very interesting because for me, I had no marketing background, but I thought, wow, they're really, they're really equipping me as a salesperson with a lot of really cool tools to go sell at scale. And that's really what I've always thought of marketing as, is, is an ability to sell at scale. So I've always approached it from that angle. Um, Since then at Autodesk, I've had about every marketing role that's here. I've done product marketing, industry marketing, I've led technical marketing teams. My passion has always been in the field, because again, that's where I feel you're closest to sales. And so when uh, we decided to make this move, this, this role for me was really something I was very interested in and passionate about.
3: And what's the specifics of your role today?
1: So today I have a couple different hats that I wear. One is leading the account-based marketing team for the Americas. And then the other hat is I'm also part of a core team that's responsible for rolling out our ABSM program globally, where I lead one of those, what we call a work stream within that core team to really roll out this program at scale for Autodesk. But in my day job, like I said, I'm responsible for a team of account-based marketers who look after the what we call the mid-market business, as well as our enterprise level named account business.
3: Now, how large is that team? Uh,
1: the team is approximately 20 for the nice. Americas.
3: Nice. And you said ABSM, I believe, account-based sales yeah. and marketing. Is that, is that the preferred terminology within Autodesk?
1: It absolutely is. We've been very distinct in that from day one, because obviously we this is a joint effort between marketing and sales. So as soon as we opened Rex, you know, formed the organization, started communicating it out internally. We've always called it account-based sales and marketing.
3: Nice. Now, I was told that this journey at Autodesk started in rather perhaps sudden and dramatic fashion from the perspective of many within the org when the CEO announced to Wall Street and investors and the world on an earnings call that you were going to become Account based in your focus, and that this was news to many of the rank and file within the companies. Is that story true? I'd, I'd be really interested in a little color on that, because that sounds like, on one hand, a terrifying start in terms of pressure, <laughs> but but maybe an awesome start in terms of executive alignment.
1: Yeah, it was it was a bit shocking, but it, it was funny because it wasn't not it was not only that announcement but was one of Andrew our CEO's first announcements to the street after he was appointed our CEO. And he did it with the context that, you know, Autodesk is going to be a, cu- a customer company. And to do that, we're going to get closer to the customer. And also to do that, we're going to become account-based. And it was very early on in his career and announced to the street that this was going to be the focus for the company. I was thrilled because I do think it's the right choice. But again, a lot of us were a bit taken back that that was the direction and and we're going to announce that to the street on an earnings call. But very exciting. That's the kind of CEO we have. He's the kind of guy you can get behind. Uh, He drives a lot of, you know, early, early momentum that the company has needed. So we all got behind it.
3: And what did that mean in practical terms? What changed, you know, the next Monday morning as you guys started to, uh, you know, march down the road of making this real?
1: Well, in an enterprise company like Autodesk, nothing changes on a Monday morning, the day after an earnings call. (laughs) It took a while for it to roll out. But uh, within a few months, Andrew, along with with Lisa Campbell, our CMO, were making those announcements that, yes, we're going to move this direction next year. We started quickly forming some mini teams to go figure this out. Uh, We had a Tiger team of people. We had some pilots in place in the field. And I would say within... 3 months we were already piloting some different tactics just to see what would work and what would work for Autodesk in order to scale this out that's fast
3: obviously I was being a little facetious with the monday <laughs> morning thing but that sounds really quick for me to me yeah. Uh, yeah. for an organization of of the size and complexity of Autodesk i mean a lot of companies that are a lot smaller than you take a lot longer than that to kind of get in gear how are you able to actually make progress in such a short period of time
1: I think a couple of things. One, um, we have had an enterprise named account structure for quite a few years. And we've had marketers in place that supported those what we called named account teams for a few years. So we had a little bit of, of leg to us, we could grasp at an enterprise level, at least what kind of marketing needed to happen to support that level of customer. However, I would still say we were doing marketing to an account, not necessarily account based marketing. So we did have, like I said, some structure in place to allow us to start doing some pilots. And then from there, the other thing I would say is because even though Autodesk is a very large and siloed and you know, matrix organization, when it comes to these kinds of initiatives, we are pretty quick moving. So we put, like I said, a quick team of people who we thought had the expertise to uh, go out and figure this out quickly with some pilots, we did it. We did it in um, our America's market specifically, which is also another way that we can get things in motion pretty quick. And then interestingly enough, we also had some interns in place that summer that did some research for us about how maybe other companies in our space are doing it. How might somebody like Autodesk with our structure be able to get off to a quick start? So we, our interns actually had a quick help for us in the early days getting started as well.
3: Interesting. And did yeah. you start broad with a lot of accounts or did you start very top of the pyramid with, you know, a very tight focus on, you know, whale hunting or or how did you think about that?
1: In our pilots we were doing, you know, some pretty small targets. However, those pilots didn't last long because fast forward a couple months and we're into our fiscal 19 time frame and it was announced that We're not going to be focusing on a couple hundred accounts anymore. We're going to be focusing on 8,000 accounts. So we very quickly, within about three months' time, had to figure out how to take what we learned in those pilots and and scale it to that number of accounts, and not just in the Americas anymore, but globally. So in those three months, which seems like an eternity ago, I can remember sitting in a room in San Francisco with a group of about 10 to 15 people across a lot of different functions, because that was us, also something that we identified early on is you can't just do this in marketing. All of our support systems also have to be on board. So marketing operations, sales operations, data teams, you know, HR to a certain extent, lots of different teams had to be on board with this because we were making such a big shift. But again, I can remember sitting in San Francisco and we were just throwing things up on a whiteboard and saying, okay, what can we at least achieve between now and Feb one?" so that we're ready to go. And it was, it's funny to look back and think about how scrappy that was, but that is honestly what we did. We got a cross section of people together in a room and just started knocking down barriers. And so that we could have a plan in place on Feb 1, which is the first day of our fiscal 19 calendar year last year.
3: 8,000 accounts. That's a lot. Um, That's a lot. There is a risk when the numbers are that large that you water down ABM such that you know, you made a a mention a few minutes ago about marketing to accounts versus account based marketing, and I presume where you're mm-hmm. going with that is the difference between truly researched and personalized versus just right. at a very, yeah. uh, let's say, a, a, a very superficial level. How do you do meaningful ABM across eight thousand accounts? Is is it all about the way you you segment them, or or, or how do you actually make that work?
1: It is definitely about a lot to do with using a data-driven approach and segmentation. But I would also say it's very much about getting great alignment with sales to know which accounts that highly personalized approach is going to make the biggest difference with. So, you know, make no mistake, we are not doing full-born, you know, account-based marketing to all 8,000. We have, a, we have a structure in place and an engagement model in place that says, based on how the sales team is prioritizing their accounts, we have a top of the tier, tier one, we have a middle of the funnel, you know, tier two, and then we have a bottom of the funnel, tier three, where we're personalizing the plan based on where those accounts fit in the priority. And, and back to day one, you know, we recognized in order to scale this, one of the very first things we had to get really good at was sales alignment. Because if we're not getting information from them and we're not in, on board with what they're doing, again, we're going to be doing irrelevant marketing and, and marketing that's been quite honestly no different than what we've, well, we've always done. So we spent a lot of our early days very focused on sales alignment and hiring, but I can talk about that later. But So a lot of education, what is account-based marketing? And as a seller, what is this going to do for me? Why do I want to invite you to my account review calls? Why do you care about my account plan? I mean, honestly, so many, so many sessions around, you know, educating the sales teams on that because they've not had that level of engagement before. They've received leads from us and maybe worked them, but they've never had somebody sitting down and really trying to understand their account to know what kind of marketing they should be asking for to move that account forward.
3: Let's dig into that right now. It's, it's obviously so important to everything. It's hard, even in small companies where everyone can come together in one room and and sort things out. It's gotta be very hard at the scale at which you operate. Let's talk more about that sales and marketing Mm -hmm. alignment, really simple concept. That's very difficult to make real. How did you get there? And it it seems like you've gotten to a a pretty good place in a, in a pretty short Mm -hmm. period of time. What are some of the keys to your success in really developing that alignment?
1: Number one is hiring good people and good people that have the skill set that's necessary to do this job. So again, we were very adamant from the beginning that there was a very specific skill set we were looking for and I can remember sitting down with our recruiters and having to constantly reiterate the skills we were looking for because I would get thousands of resumes that were just amazing in terms of great digital marketing experience or a few that were great salespeople, but we were really looking for that mix of sound digital marketing skills and a true understanding and empathy of the sales process. And it's not easy to find. And if there are people out there that have the skill set, you should be promoting yourself because it is hard to find. And so we we did a lot of due diligence to find people that had that experience and that mindset from day one. And so it took us, let's see, in the Americas about five months to complete our hiring process of approximately, uh, like I said, we have about 20 people, about three fourths of them were new. And, you know, again, we, we did our due diligence to make sure we were getting that skill set we were looking for because I just knew it was so important.
3: That's really interesting. So you were building a new team for something that was a strategic imperative all the way to the top of the org and three quarters of the people on that team were new to the organization. That's unusual, I think you guys <laughs> clearly prioritized the sorts of things you were speaking about there the the sorts of experiences and mindsets over mm. product knowledge, perhaps specific yep. industry knowledge. was that a really conscious decision
1: yes, uh, yes, I, you know again, for me personally, just having done both roles. I just knew how this would never work if we had great marketers who couldn't sit down with a sales team and help them drive their business. They would not get the credibility that would be needed to make this happen and scale as fast as we were trying to scale. And so, yeah, that was, that was just super intentional. And I think it's really what set us up for where we're at right now.
3: And what sort of skills and experience did you did you look for? I mean, it's, uh, it, again, like so many aspects of this, it's easy to say hard to do. Um, what, what could you identify in someone's resume or their LinkedIn profile? Or was it more that something that came out in the interview process where you said, yeah, this person gets it. And this person mm-hmm. doesn't.
1: Well, ideally you have people that have actually done both roles. They've been a salesperson to some extent and they've also done some marketing, but, and you know, at the level of, of folks that we were looking for, we knew that always wasn't going to be feasible. So what we also looked for is marketers who were responsible for driving revenue, not leads, not demand, not event attendance, but revenue. And so a lot of that didn't come out until you could have conversations. And we found that in a lot of smaller companies, startups was a great place because if you think about how marketers have to operate in that, in that world, very quick and nimble. And they're sitting down with the chief revenue officer and they're figuring out how to, you know, devise marketing plans that are going to make it end result to the business. And if you, if they could sit down and have that kind of conversation with me about driving revenue and that mindset of how to do it, that too was a great, I mean, they didn't have to be a salesperson; They'd sit down and they'd already done that job. So that was good.
3: And these are the people that are specifically the account-based marketers. That's in their title. Now, they would need to interact with a lot of others within the marketing team. How does that work? I don't know if you want to approach this from the perspective of how the overall marketing team is structured, or if you want to approach it yeah. more from the, you know, day in the life perspective of how an account-based marketer works. But help us to understand how that all comes yeah. to-
1: so how, how we've got it structured at Autodesk, and then maybe we can get into the day in the life. So we have a demand gen organization, which is where we sit. And in our demand gen organization, we have a couple different tiers of marketers in terms of the business lines that they drive. So we've got what we call our digital marketing team, and they drive a lot of our business that's transacted digitally or online. A lot of our traditional business is transacted that way through our e-store or e-commerce. So there's a marketing team that's laser focused on just constantly optimizing all digital traffic drivers. Then we have another tier of business that we call the territory business. And this is more of your traditional demand gen. Uh, They're driving demand to our inside sales hubs and then eventually to our partners around our various business lines. And then you have our account based marketing tier. We all have to work together because at the end of the day, if we are not being mindful about who we're targeting, it can get really messy. So having to work across those lines is certainly important. We also have an industry marketing team at Autodesk who are the ones that provide us all of our content, all of our campaign material. So we have to work very closely with them as well because as you can imagine, in the early days, knowing what was needed to pull off a successful account-based marketing campaign was unknown. And so we have learned, you know, we've worked very closely with them as well over the last year to really evolve the campaign and content development process so that it can best support account-based marketing. And we're still learning there. I mean, we have not mastered that. Um, we're we're leveraging vendors and and consultants to really help us figure that out right now. That's actually our, our latest initiative is getting better about that. So working across the lines, like I said, is also very important as with as many customers as we have, with all the different marketing touch points that they could potentially receive being in lockstep with each other is really important and we're not great at that yet either <laughs> our customers are probably getting messages from from multiple angles but we're trying to get more refined in our in our systems and our data so that we can be much more intentional with our customers
3: a lot of companies run into problems when they're getting going with abm because they fail to think differently about their metrics and they want to sort of shoehorn ABM into their existing metrics of be they MQLs and SQLs Mm -hmm. and conversion rates through that um, or whatever it is. And oftentimes what happens is they kind of hit a wall where either Mm -hmm. the organization starts to lose faith in ABM because they think it's not working because it's not lighting up those metrics that weren't really designed for ABM. Or people start rebelling because they're not hitting their, their bonuses and other things because they're built on those old metrics. Did you have any, you know, let's call it metrics drama around ABM? Did you right from the get-go design different metrics for ABM or, or how did that all come together for you?
1: We were very intentional from the start about leveraging different metrics. And for us, it was all about contribution to pipeline and contribution to closed ACV. So we were very intentional about what we wanted to measure. However, we weren't necessarily at the point where we could effectively measure it. So it was a six to eight month process of figuring out how to get our data and systems in order so that we could effectively measure contribution versus, you know, leads it's not perfect. We're not exactly where we want to be yet, but we are at the point now where we're able to sit down with sales leaders and say, this is what marketing has contributed to your pipeline or to your, your closed one business. And that in and of itself is just a, a complete game changer. It really puts you at the same, at the table with sales in order to be able to have those we're driving business for you conversations. So, you know, we were very intentional. We had to get our data in order. We're still working on it. But just by nature of changing what you say you're going to measure, it it definitely gets you some credibility as well with sales.
3: Absolutely. So am I getting this right that the ultimate metric is is revenue contribution, and yes. a, a nearer term measure is pipeline contribution. are there yes. Are there other metrics that you keep a close eye on as well?
1: Engagement levels, you know for us, that's the leading indicator of pipeline and and closed business. So we're very in in the field, especially we don't necessarily always report that out, but that's one of the active gauges that we will sit down and, and talk to our sales, individual sales teams about, you know, it's how are your accounts engaging? Is it up? Is it down? Is it flat? Are they engaging with the right kind of things? You know, we're very laser focused on that from a team level. And then in the future, you know, we've got some some future goals about where we want to be measuring things. And in the future, we want to start looking at sourced pipeline as one of our factors because our sales team is asking for that. They want us to drive pipeline they don't even know about yet. And that's, you know, what we want to do for them. So we're looking at ways that we can start measuring sourced pipeline in addition to, you know, just moving the needle on what's already been established.
3: And were there any changes that needed to happen in comp plans or anything to to make this work, be it on the marketing side or or even on the sales or the sales development side?
1: On the marketing side, no. We have not changed our compensation plans um, yet. I'd love there to be a day when we give our marketers quotas. I, I stood up at a meeting last week and said that. You tell me when we can give our marketers quotas and we'll be <laughs> in good shape. But the sales team obviously had to move a compensation plan that was entirely focused on an account portfolio versus a territory. And so obviously for them, that was a big shift as well. Uh, So forcing them to be laser focused on the accounts. Uh, The other thing that may be a little different for Autodesk with our account-based sales and marketing program is that all of our accounts, all 8,000 are existing customers. So these are big companies who maybe own just a little bit or only own our products and solutions in one division. So our motion is all around expansion, but we do that with an acquisition motion in mind. So, you know, again, we're trying to get into other departments. We're trying to land and expand, but they're all existing customers and they stay, they're in place for a year. And so we don't switch out our accounts quarterly, you know, they're locked in for the year. And then, you know, we put our plans in place and move forward.
3: That's interesting. So it's it's wallet expansion within clients, but it's, It's essentially an acquisition play because these organizations are large and you're moving into entirely different lines of businesses and and entirely different product uh, portfolios. Do you measure beyond the things we've talked about, mindful of the fact that these are Mm -hmm. your clients? Mm -hmm. Do you look at any impact that ABM can have on retention, on advocacy,
0: Mm -hmm. on
3: NPS or or other things like that? Or does it really come down to growth within those
1: accounts? Right now, the state we're in, it's all about growth. We have another organization in our company, our customer success organization, who is laser focused on those metrics that you just mentioned. It's, you know, onboarding, adoption, retention, NPS scores, brand loyalty, all those kinds of things. They're laser focused on that right now. We're focused on growth, but one of the things that we're starting to look into is how do we get better aligned with that organization so that we have a continuous motion that's much more intentional. So, you know, one, an emotion that's orchestrated, if you will, to use ABM <laughs> buzzwords, but we don't necessarily have an orchestration platform in place yet. We do a lot of manual handoffs between acquisition and adoption. So we're looking into how we can get better about that.
3: Right. Let's talk a little bit about tactics and tools. Mm -hmm. What are a couple of the things that are working really well for you, whether it's uh, a specific tactic or a channel or a campaign that really moved the needle? What have been one or two of the, you know, the big celebrated success stories?
1: Early on, and it's still proving to be somewhat effective, but early on, a real big win for us was doing targeted display advertising. So, putting our message specifically in front of the accounts that we want to target. And the reason that I believe that this was effective is because, you know, Autodesk is an older company. We've been around for 20-some years. Uh, We were, in the very early days, focused on selling boxes of software to people that had an address. So you can imagine that our database looks like a lot of addresses where a box was shipped with the person that it was shipped to or the person that registered the license. So even though we have a lot of data at Autodesk, we don't necessarily have the data for the right person that should be exploring new solutions that we offer. So I personally believe that when we started doing account based in nature where we were targeting an account versus a person, it exposed our message to people that we probably weren't targeting before. So I think that was super effective. That's where we were able to sit down with sales and say, look at how much we've increased the engagement of this account over the last three months. They're engaging with you know, more solution-oriented content versus you know, product-focused content or you know, whatever the strategy was. So I think you know, that was very effective. And along those same lines, another thing that's been effective for us is arming the sales team with sales-like marketing content that allows them to put the message right in front of the person that they want in a very professional way. And so we use tools like follows to allow us to create those very professional looking tools that the sales team can then forward right to the person they want to talk to. So I think these two things, you know, the, the targeted display, the, um, the ability to arm sales teams with focused messaging has been, has been great. Another tactic that we got a lot of great wins from last year was direct mail. So direct mail has made a comeback lately. I know there's a lot of companies that are that are trying out direct mail campaigns. We did some very creative ones. I think that uh, one of our goals in a lot of our accounts was executive engagement. So again, we're an old company. We've been around forever. We have a lot of good relationships at the the user level, but we're really trying to put Autodesk, you know, as a strategic partner to these big companies. And so getting executive engagement was huge across the board. And so we found a lot of great uh, success by doing some creative. Um, direct mail campaigns with some of these big companies to get executive engagement.
3: Nice. And what are you excited to do next besides forgiving your marketers quota? What's something that you, maybe you haven't done yet, but you're, you're excited to get to or perhaps something you want to expand upon. That's looking promising in, in early testing.
1: Yeah. So I, one of the things I'm excited about next, and this is what we're pretty focused on right now is getting better about using data To decide where we should be focused. So most of last year, we were we were really reliant on our sales teams to tell us where to focus, and that's only as scalable as you know talking to a salesperson every day can be. So we know we have to get better about using data. We've got access to a ton of data. We've had a lot of support from our from our supporting teams that are you know our data scientists teams that are looking at more AI driven data to decide you know buying readiness scores and all these different things, and so we're we're looking at how do we use that data to guide us to the right place to focus in a personalized way. And that's, you know, that's, in my opinion, what's going to get a scale. And that's what's going to get us sourced pipeline. And like I said, I can't wait till the day when we're able to report out on that. And we're able to, you know, whether we should or not is a different question, but give, give marketers quotas where they're actually responsible for driving revenue. So, you know, I'm excited about what we can do to get to that point here down the road in a year or two.
3: That's fantastic. This has been a wonderful conversation, Shelley. Uh, You know, my, my takeaways, uh, and there's many that I've been scribbling here in my notepad, but I think if I tried to group them up, I think clearly your story is, is one of alignment. I mean, beginning in the C-suite and right on down through the organization, tremendous work done on sales and marketing alignment, obviously has paid a lot of dividends obviously a real emphasis on people. I I love the fact that you immediately went to talking about hiring the right people and and really looking for beyond technical skills, looking for experience and mindsets that really Mm laid the foundation for success. And I think a a third thing is that I heard from you pretty clearly is, is that I think you got the metrics right. And I think you avoided a lot of the hardship that a lot of other companies have run into with either failing to get the metrics, failing to think through the metrics or perhaps constantly having to change them and thereby confusing everybody. It seems like you guys did the upfront work and and kind of nailed that so well done on on all of those fronts
1: thank you it feels good i you know again it's a it's an evolving process but we're really feeling good about where we're at right now
3: well it's been such a pleasure speaking with you shelly smith america's lead for account-based marketing at autodesk thank you shelly
2: you've been listening to the flip my funnel podcast